As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The following is a production of Lift Hill Media. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the original Theme Park Podcast. Theme Park Podcast. This is your announcer, Neil Patrick Harris. And now, podcasting from our glass-enclosed studios in Washington, D.C., this is CoasterRadio.com. Here are your hosts, my close personal friends, Mike Collins and E.B., Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the original Theme Park Podcast. This is CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike Collins. I'm here with E.B. How's it going, E.B.? Oh, it's going great, Mike. How's it going? Ah, doing so great. Ready for another week of the show? That's right. It's it's spring break time. It's nice. Everybody's having some fun. And I love spring break because after spring break, it's almost summer. It's almost. It's almost <laughs> The start here. of spring break, I think, is like the end of winter. And then <laughs> spring break is spring. And then we might as well just be in summer now. Yeah. In, in summertime. And so April's around the corner. It's going to be summertime soon. It's so interesting, too, because I've heard from a lot of our listeners, but also just a lot of friends and, and people that I know. Like spring break is kind of like it used to be like one or two weeks. But now it's kind of <laughs> spread over like a month and a half where like everybody's off at different times. It's weird. Well, and I think it I think it's because there is no universal uh, spring break. I mean, maybe that's yeah. like we, at, from the top down, a federal uh, decree of some sort that this is the spring break week because I get a really early spring break. And I know a lot of people get their spring break. You know, it's usually at Easter time. So that's going to be, you know, even into April. And so it, it depends when your spring break is going to fall. And that's why it seems like it lasts so long is because everybody's going on spring break at different times. It really does last a month. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Like, spring break is a fantastic time because the theme parks are starting to open. Uh, people are getting out there to the parks. We're already starting to get a lot of great live trip reports from the Costa Radio yep. audience, and so it's it's exciting times. That's right, and everybody gets to go down south and go down to Florida and stuff like that, too, Yeah, which we'll talk about. That's true. Actually, a little bit later on, we're going to hear about your spring break trip where you got to go down to Florida, and you saw a bunch of things uh, during your week oh. down there. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff. I didn't really hit any theme parks because it wasn't supposed to be a theme park trip and we weren't ready to drop the big bucks and do yeah. Disney or Universal or anything like that. But we did have a lot of fun. We did a lot of driving, seeing, seeing a lot of fun sites. And I'll tell you about my uh, my fantastic time at the Nickelodeon Suites Resort in Winter Haven. Oh, that's, see, I can't wait for that because I saw, I, I saw a little preview on Facebook, a little video action of, of something yep. that was hilarious that we'll hear about. So that's going to be really Well, let's good. just say they have a Double Dare live show. <laughs> And at you, the hotel and you were a part of that magic and i was in it yeah so that's kind of we'll like that story yeah that's a little bit of a theme park like experience i mean going to that type of thing 
It was. It was. It was. It was like a show. It was a little show I was oh, in. It was that's, fun. That's gonna be great. I can't wait to hear about that. A little later on in the show too, we are going to hear from Brandon Bruce. He is the PR manager at Six Flags Great America. So we're going to be talking with him about Goliath. I'm excited to ask him some questions about that ride. I want to know a lot more about Goliath, so I'm hoping he's going to answer the questions that I want answered. Yeah, yeah, so it's going to be pretty good. Uh, Plus, we've got a live trip report from the new Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is finally reopened after a year of being down. The goat is still there. (laughs) It's still there. I saw it in one of the preview videos, so that's great. And a whole lot more, EB. Great show this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we got to start with our first drop. Indeed, it is first drop time, and you were mentioning, you know, the theme parks are starting to open. People are starting to get out to the parks. Dollywood unveiled their brand new roller coaster this past week, Fire Chaser Express. That's right, the cute little, you know, friendly ride. It looks so fun. It looks so fun. I'm getting excited because on Memorial Day weekend, I think, EB, is when I am going to be down at Dollywood. Um, I'm actually heading down there for a completely different non-coaster radio-related thing, but I'm going to make sure I stop at the park and catch a ride not only on Fire Chaser Express, but all of the different rides there. It'll be my first trip to Dollywood. Oh, that sounds like a fantastic time. And I, on my on my road trip down to Florida, I, I was saying that um, on the interstate, when you stop at the Tennessee Welcome Center, there's now a, a life-size cardboard cutout of Dolly Parton standing <laughs> there holding Dollywood brochures. Hey, EB, how are you? <laughs> I don't like these roller coasters myself. That's what but I'm with the brochures. Like at every media day, doesn't Dolly Parton say that? Like, I don't ride these. They mess with my she hair. Doesn't, yeah, she yeah. doesn't like them. She's like, I own a theme park. I don't like these rides. It I costs a lot of them. money to look this cheap. That's my favorite <laughs> Dolly Parton line. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, people are riding Fire Chaser Express. And, and we've got, there's videos online. We were just watching them a little bit before the show started. And it, it's getting, it's getting good reviews, I think, Mike. People are kind of still scratching their heads about it because it is such a family coaster. Yes. The theming is kind of cool. The track is kind of interesting. So people are still kind of scratching their heads on this one. But overall, I think it's a hit. Yeah. Uh, the word on the street from what I'm hearing, and, and I can't wait to check this out myself and to see if it's true, but they're saying it's a family coaster, but a pretty intense family coaster. I mean, it, that's good. <laughs> you know, so they're saying it's got some pretty big thrills. Uh, it's got those launches. It's got the lift hill. It's got the backward blast out of the fireworks it seems generally really high up too yes. yeah which i which i find kind of interesting because it doesn't have any giant drops but generally speaking it seems to be high up off the ground you're right which i think adds to some of the intensity i think you're right and I, they really use that mountainside uh extremely well well the old ride used to be but so you know it, it does go you know up and down it's got a lot of changes in elevation and stuff um i was very impressed with the special effects that they have in the big the big mystery that we were hearing about what is going to happen when the trains go into that fireworks stand and they have all this stuff but it looked pretty good it looked exactly like what I think we were all hoping it was going to yes. be, a well-themed fireworks shack. You go inside, and there's the brightly colored fireworks. Smoke comes up. Flames start shooting out of stuff. There's a bunch of spark effects. There's even some, you know, kind of sort of animatronic things going on with the with the fireworks toppling over and that sort of thing. And then you do get a pretty decent launch with a good, not really a fireball, but I think it's enough to give you that feeling. And, yeah. and I they did it right, and I hope it stays that way. I wonder if there's any heat in there. Like, are you? Do you feel any heat as you as you get blasted? Oh, you kind of feel a little bit. If you think about how the fire effects on other rides, or even like at a stunt spectacular show, yeah, that's you true. know, when that fireball goes off, even if it's 30, 40, 50 feet away, you're going to feel it. And these things, yeah. they're you know within ten feet of these people. These little fireballs that are going off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It kind of reminded me when I was watching this. It looked a little bit like the old Italian job 
coaster or whatever they're calling it now. Like oh, the sure, sure. It has that feel, except I think this is a better actual roller coaster. At least that's what Did I think. It better, yeah, they actually pulled it off a little bit better. But yeah, it does remind me of that too because it kind of goes and it pauses. It stops to watch a special effects sequence because didn't the Italian job have like the barrels that were blowing up in <laughs> yep. the helicopter effect or whatever? Yeah, that's right. And then you go um, – you launch again and you go through the sign. So it does have some of the same sorts of ideas uh, behind it. But I think this one executes it all a little bit better and has a bit of a better setting. I think so. And and definitely adds more people. More people can actually – And the effects are actually going to stay working. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Maybe that's something they learned from Italian job. Yeah, and they did have a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of sound effects going. Like as you're going up the lift hill, there's a siren going off. And, you know, so I like that. I think it's pretty cool. The it's, one, it's a very cute ride too. Yeah, it is cute. It is cute. I think it's a great like starter roller coaster. Like, you know, that you could bring mm-hmm. your kids on. Like, hey, here's here's a good first big, big adult For ride. Sure. Yeah, you know, so I think that's neat. The one weird thing I found is because there are sections where it goes forwards and backwards. And uh, if you check out the videos that we put up on uh, the Coaster Radio blog, you can actually see the switching of the track, which is kind of cool. Right. It reminds me a little bit of Expedition Everest, how that, you know, it's got that big track switch. But it's it's fun because it like rotates when yeah, it switches. Yeah, it is really cool. But because of the way the ride operates and how the trains have to travel backwards into the station, there's only room for one train in the station at a time. So right. it seems to me, at least from what I was seeing on these videos, is that the trains stack in the brake run while they wait for their turn to go into the actual station. Like there's no way for people to get off the ride. You know, uh, they actually have to wait for the, the, the train to clear and be launched. So right. That, and that adds a lot more time. If they would put an unloading station at yeah. that last part, then they could, you know, speed things up a little bit. Because, yeah, the one video that we were watching, they were running three trains that day, it looked like. And there were two trains stacked up. Yeah, just sitting there on the brake run. Because they were slow to load, I guess. And so, yeah, they were they were stacked up there on that brake run. And the brake run is interesting because it is at that at the end of that reverse section of the ride. So you've gone in reverse. You hit the brake run. You're still backwards, technically, because you're going to like literally back into the station like <laughs> yeah. you were going to back into a parking spot. Exactly. That's how close you are to it. And so it's over your shoulder behind you. And you're like, what's going on? It, 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 are we close to the station? I think so. If I crane my neck around, I can see it. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's such a small little thing to, to pick on, I guess, in, in such a cool looking ride. But it was something I noticed in that, like, sometimes when you just have gotten off a fantastic roller coaster, like, you, you want to get up and you want to, like, go and run and do it again. You don't want to just sit on the brake run because it kind of, like, takes a little bit of, like, the thrill out of it. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of like, oh. Oh man, we're not moving. We're just sitting here, you know. So well, it's like you don't quite make it all the way to the end. Yes, it's what yes. it is, you know. So if you could just end it and put that nice capper on it, where you get back into the station and you get to cheer and get off, because I guarantee you, none of those people when they finally made it back into the station clapped their hands and cheered. Yeah, you're right. If they would end that ride in the station, everybody would clap and you're cheer. You're absolutely right. You know what is a terrible ride for actually staying on the brake run? Every time I've ever ridden it, at least in, in recent years, you just get stuck on the brake run and it's uncomfortable because of the way the seats are, is the shockwave at King's Dominion. <laughs> well, not thing, anymore, you don't. Oh, that thing is just terrible. I mean, because it, you sit on that brake run and you've got the bicycle seat in your crotch. It just it's 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 not pleasant. It's not pleasant. Oh, I was on a flying coaster once. This was years ago when I was a teenager, and it stopped. Oh, and, and it was stuck on the brake run for a real what seemed like on a flying coaster. What yeah. seemed like a really long time. 
that's bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and that's no, it's never any fun to get stuck like that. So maybe Dollywood can figure it out. Maybe they can figure out a better way to do, you know, some sort of operations with loading yeah. and make it a little bit quicker. Maybe, maybe they can find a, I don't know, a way to slow it down somehow. I, see, you don't want to slow the ride down itself and have them stop in the middle or anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe they just need a platform, another platform to unload. Maybe. You never know. You never know. But yeah. when it's not, you know what? Maybe when it's not as popular, they're not going to be running as many trains. That's true. And that'll That's make it. Yeah. That, that may be it. It's, it's not that, that long of a ride. So if they were just running one train, that would obviously solve it. And if it was two trains, that would, you know, they could, they could do it okay if yeah. they were efficient that day, you know? Yeah. I am so excited to get down there and ride that and also Thunderhead and Mystery Mine and all the other things. So, yeah, that sounds like way fun. Yeah, to finally get to do a, a good trip report from there. So um, so if any of you guys out there get a chance to go to Dollywood in the meantime and ride this, uh, you know, send in a live trip report. We love hearing them, and then we'll play it on the show. Yeah, we want to know what you Coaster Radio people think. Yeah, I want to hear your trip report, though, from spring break, EB style. All right, so so <laughs> we I, I've planned a spring break. We were going to go down to uh, Florida, and we wanted to go to Miami Beach. And there's a campground at Miami Beach, and you can actually camp in that campground in the city of Miami Beach, which is kind of cool to do an urban camping experience. Wow, that is cool. Uh, so we were going to go down there, and we weren't going to have that many days. Um, and on the way down, we were going to stop in Winter Haven. And originally, I was thinking about going to Legoland but I was like, ah, you know what? I don't think we're going to want to do Legoland because you, you have to get a hotel and it's really expensive around there. And then you got to go to Legoland. It's really expensive. And I don't know if the kids will really be up for it. I'm going to be disappointed if I can't do all of it, you know, <laughs> in the one day and yeah. dragging everybody along, even the little kids. It's just not going to be as fun because they can't ride everything. And I was like, you know what? Let's save theme parks in Florida for when all of my kids are cracking that, you know, 42, 48 inches, and then we'll have some real fun. Yeah. So we just went, we decided that we would kind of still get a little theme park experience and we would stay at the Nickelodeon Suites Resort in Winter Haven, just south of Orlando. All right. There you go. So that, yeah, that gives you a little bit of the theme park. Uh, you know, experience there. That's cool. Yes. So they love they they're all SpongeBob and Dora. You know, my my littlest daughter, she loves Dora the Explorer and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, this is going to be great. So we're going to go to the Nickelodeon Resorts. We're going to stay two nights, so they get the one full day there in the in the resort. And it's got two water parks Ooh. in the resort. It's got um, they've got like a mall area with shops and uh, restaurants and a 4D theater and an arcade and iPads put out and computers and stuff like that, character meet and greets, the whole thing. So in the, in the, in the hotel, uh, we got a good deal because we booked it super early, and so it was going to be nice and cheap, which I liked a lot. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Right. So we get there, and, and one of the cool things about the water park, I was really nervous because it's not that warm yet, but the water park, it has heated water. Oh, that, and that so makes a huge pool, difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference because it was like it wasn't 75 degrees maybe or so outside. And so I was like, this water is going to be freezing. These kids are going to they're going to hate it. And we go to the water park the first in the morning, like putting our toes in. It's like, ooh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like bathtub. Wow. <laughs> it was nice. Nice. It was good. And, and um, something fun that they do there is they have the big t uh, bucket that tilts. Like at all the all the fun little water park play structures or oh, whatever, sure. mm -hmm. but twice a day they fill it with green water, <laughs> and, they, and they call it their mass sliming event. That's fantastic. So of course, for everybody, I, I think everybody knows Nickelodeon with the slime and everything. So they do their mass sliming twice a day. They have like the people come out in basically like radioactive suits or whatever, <laughs> big head to toe with the yellow and a hood and the whole thing. They come out and they do like a bad song. Yeah. They like um, they play music. They like sirens go off, and then they do a big countdown. All the kids gather around under this bucket. It dumps the water, and then they also have. Whoa, oh, this was so! I thought this was so great. They dump the bucket 
of the green water on all the kids. All the kids are in a big pack, <laughs> right, under this bucket. You can imagine it just next to the pool. And then all of the parents are standing like 15, 20 feet back. Yeah. With their iPhones and their cameras and everything out to take a picture of this. And they think, well, that's the area for the bucket. I'm going to stand 20, stand 20 feet back and get the picture. They've rigged water cannons <laughs> on the play structure that also blast green water. Oh. And they were aimed at that wide out section where all the parents were. That's it hilarious. Was, it was hilarious. That's so, so great. The kids, the kids get the big splash and start screaming. And then like with perfect timing, like two seconds later, these water cannons go off. And there's the second scream of all of the parents <laughs> who did not want to get it on themselves. Everybody's iPhone's getting soaked. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then the other one, um, the other cool thing they do at the pool is uh, twice a day they do a stage show right there poolside. They have all the kids like go up uh, along the pool and they do a um, – they, they play games with the kids and they slime the kids. Um, they play trivia questions and they pull the kids out of the, out of the crowd. And that was pretty – that was a pretty cool thing too. So it, it really was kind of a theme parky experience, especially at the 4D theater. We bought uh, – we had the wristbands so we could see all the 4D movies as much as we wanted. And they had six different movies showing. Oh, Nice. And so that's yeah. I mean if you got a water park and you got these stage shows and then you get to do character meet and greets and you get to watch 40 movies well geez I mean for a 6 year old that's just as good as yeah. you know going anywhere That's all you need and for a lot that's less too need. yeah Now do they also have the um the time capsule buried there did you see they that? Did. Yes. They did. They did have the time capsule. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the time capsule it's right outside the front of the lobby um and I was like making a big deal out of a time capsule. <laughs> and not only was my wife looking at me strange, like, what are you talking about? And I was like, the time capsule. Remember Joey Lawrence? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, she knew nothing. And then I was making a big deal out of it. And I was like down next to it. And I was looking at it. And I was telling her the whole story about how, you know, Joey Lawrence was doing the video. And he like put the camera into the time capsule. And then Doc Brown shows up. And people are like staring at me <laughs> as they're loading in their <laughs> luggage. They have no idea. Because it's just like, it's about the size of a manhole. Yeah. Yeah. And it says time capsule buried in, was it 1993, I think. Is I when think it was so, buried. yeah. At Universal and Studios Florida. That's where it was buried Universal originally. Universal Studios yeah. Florida. But right. when Universal Studios Florida basically closed up, they moved a lot of that stuff over to this Nickelodeon resort. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's right there in front. Um, and, it's, and, it, and I thought it was really cool. And, and I was telling my kids all about it. And we watched the video when we went back to our hotel room. I, I made them watch the video <laughs> of it. And they thought it was really funny. Um, the stuff that they were putting inside this time capsule in 1993 that they thought kids would care about. <laughs> like a VHS tape <laughs> and Joey Lawrence's whoa hat. And uh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Like anybody's going to care about that 50 years from now. Yeah. Oh, I, I just hope Joey Lawrence is there in 2043 <laughs> when they open this thing up at the Nickelodeon Suites Resort. That's hilarious. But there, there were a lot. There were a lot of good throwback things um, at at the resort that I really appreciated. It wasn't just the modern stuff, which is something I was a little bit nervous about. Like, oh, is it just going to be like new Nickelodeon stuff, and I'm going to hate it? It's going to be all like Sam and Cat and Victorians yeah. <laughs> or whatever all that <laughs> crap is. Right. But they had like they had big emblems over each section of the buildings of the hotels, and I was. Really pleased to look up and see, you know, Hey Arnold up there, oh, and yeah. Ren and Stimpy up there, and Angry Beavers up there. Obscure ones, old obscure ones. There that was kind of it was kind of cool to see that. So a little something for the kids, but also for the adults too, which I think is important. Which was a lot of fun. And yeah. one of those one of those cool retro things that they do is three nights, three times a night, seven nights a week. They do Double Dare Live Whoa. in their 
stage area in their uh, in, they have a big theater. It's probably a 200 seat theater. Wow! And they do a real Double Dare show. It's not taped for television or anything like that. It's just for the people at the at the resort. Yeah. But they do a legit full episode of Double Dare with like a host and everything. Like they have a host, they have an MC, they have the crew, and they have real contestants picked from the resort guests. And so when it came time to, you know, you can sign up to be maybe picked to be one of the contestants and. Me and Mark, my my eight year old, soon to be nine year old, we signed up to be on Double Dare, and we got picked. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now there is video that you posted on YouTube, and I I was trying to figure out what you were wearing, and as I zoomed in a little bit, I saw what it was. It was a hot dog. Suit. <laughs> it was a big hot. You were dressed as a hot dog. But I was I, a hot dog. So what was so that the was game? the physical challenge? Yeah, that was yeah. one of the physical challenges. Tell me what this was, because I was trying to figure out what was happening in in the game. Okay, so we got we got picked, and I it, they, it's teams of four. So we were on the red team, and it was me and my son, and then this other mom and her son. And they um, told us about the physical challenges that we might have to do. And we were doing really, really well at the beginning of the game, but then we didn't get something. We dared. They double dared back. I mean, I, if you guys don't know about double dare, then just turn off the podcast. You're not allowed, you're not allowed <laughs> yeah, to listen. Just go um, so they double dared us back, and then we took the physical challenge, and it was this hot dog one. And the idea was that I had to, like, put myself in this giant wearable hot dog bun (laughs) with my arms sticking out of the bun like I was the hot dog and that made it hard to move your arms and then the two boys were going to throw water balloons at me (laughs) and there was a red one for um, ketchup a white one for onions and a green one for relish I think is what it was Mm -hmm. and I had to catch one of each and then they would top off the hot dog with mustard, which was yellow slime that would get dumped on my head. And oh. that's how we would win that physical challenge. <laughs> and we crushed it. There you go. I did see you get hit with the slime. That was the part that made me laugh. We crushed it. I caught those water balloons, no problem. And boom, that slime hit me. And I had yellow wow. jacky slime in my, in, in my hair <laughs> the rest of the night. I was wondering about that. Do they take you somewhere to like clean up or do they just Look, say go back to this- your room? This was the funniest part. So we do – so in the end, I'll cut to the end here where we won the whole game. Whoa. We, we destroyed the other team like 260 to 80 wow. in, 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 the final, in the final game. Uh, they botched their physical challenge. It was impossible. They couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to like catch hoops or something. It was very bad. But we made it to the obstacle course and we won the obstacle course. The prize for the obstacle course was the boys get slime for real. <laughs> And so they actually sat on a bench at the end of the phys- at the end of the obstacle course, pull the ripcord, and green slime pours down on top of them, and the crowd goes wild. I bet they loved it. So they loved it getting slime. They take them backstage, and they have like a shower backstage, and they have a hose. It's like have have you ever worked in the back of a restaurant at one of those industrial kitchens where they have the the sink and the hose comes down yes. and it's got a big spray handle on the end of it yeah in case you get something in your eyes you can like you know spray your eyes or something something like something like that yeah. but this is the one where you like for washing the dishes the great big one with the handle on it that's okay. what they had at the shower yes and so they had mark my son who was in his red double dare outfit stand in the shower with all of his clothes on and they just hosed him down essentially <laughs> To get all of the green slime off, and then he went back to the dressing room and changed back into his street clothes. That's great. Me, they didn't even offer it. Yeah, they're like, nah, you're they not a kid. me a towel. Yeah. And so I had yellow slime dried in my hair, yellow streaked down my face, crusty, oh. for the rest of the night. And we went to dinner after. We didn't go back to the room. 
<laughs> so the dads, I think, the dads always do the hot dog challenge, and the dads, they just they don't get cleaned yeah, up. They're like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> We're not worried about you. Do you have photos of this? The like other I, than I the- all kinds of photos. We tons of photos. I got a I got a big video that I couldn't fit up there of us uh, destroying the obstacle course too, which I'm totally proud of. See, that was something, and I'll po- we'll post them up on the Facebook and everything oh, like that. Good, good. This is something that I really think is great. I um we we were they have a five o'clock show, seven o'clock show, nine o'clock show. We were in the five o'clock show. I went back that same night to watch the nine o'clock show, and that was not as good a show. Really, I am I am I'm happy See? to say that I I did a really good job up there as a contestant. Me and my teammates, we did such a good job because these these people at the nine o'clock show they stank. Number one, they were not good at it, and number two, I don't think they'd ever seen an episode of Double Dare ever. <laughs> And that made me mad. Of course. Because me and this other mom, we were talking about it, and we were like, oh, yeah, I know all about Double Dare. We watched it as a kid. And then we were coaching our, our boys who had never seen Double Dare yep. about how Double Dare works. Like, this is how it works, and then you're going to find the flag. you got to pass the flag. you got to be really fast on the obstacle course. You know, pay attention to this stuff. When we do the questions, we got to huddle up. We're going to give an answer. Don't answer too soon until we agree, blah, blah, blah. And so we did a really good job. Like, if you remember Double Dare, every time they would ask our team a question, we would do the big dramatic huddle up. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd, like, whisper about it, and then we'd give the answer. And we knew everything. It was great. They probably, like the hosts of that and the people who work on it, are so bummed out when people get up there and don't know what the game is or don't remember it. And the host has to, like, provide all of the energy and provide yes. all of the entertainment. Yeah, these these other people, they were just so lame. See, they were so lame. They, were, they would scratch their heads at the question and be like, uh, we don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I would expect and, nothing less from you, EB, than to be, like, the greatest contestant that they've seen, probably. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. And it was really fun, especially from us having production backgrounds, to see how – they pulled off that as an event. Yes. Is, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there. There's a lot that could, could happen when you're dealing with contestants and trivia questions and things like that. When you've got a show that you've got to try to do in a certain amount of time and you want certain things to happen. Yeah. And so that was one of the funnest things about the trivia questions was they would ask easy trivia questions when they wanted you yeah. to get them right. <laughs> yeah. So like in the Harry Potter series, this is the sport played by witches and wizards. <laughs> yeah. Easy. I was like, uh, yeah, we got that one. But then when they were like, okay, they've gotten too many right. Let's make them do a physical challenge. They got to dare. Um, Florida became a state in what <laughs> year? <laughs> what? Like, where'd that how, come from? Yeah. Like, how many stories are in the Empire uh, State Building? Yeah. I was like, come on. What? How yeah. would you ever know these? Yeah. And so it was really funny to see that, how they would do the easy ones, but then throw you the hard ones when they needed the show to move along. <laughs> and they do three shows a night? They do three shows a night. Wow. And these, let me tell you, it was the host, an MC, and three crew members Jeez. that were kind of running this whole thing, and the tech guy in the back. And they had it down it was awesome to watch these crew members running around because not only did they have to manage eight people who were you know just regular contestants up on stage they had to manage them they also had to move all of these props in and out and they had to do all of the microphone duties for each of the teams and all the while moving things along amazing it was was great yeah you really have to give props to people who do that, you know, like and can pull that off, especially three shows a night. That's rough, and, man. And with big smiles on their faces yeah. because they're cast members. I mean, these oh, yeah. are like the legit real cast members, and these guys were doing a great job. It was it good was really them. fun to see. Good for them. That's great. So you would give this hotel like a good rating. This is something you'd go back to. Oh heck yeah! And like I said, we got a good, we got a really good deal. If you book that hotel in advance, they have like special deals and things like that. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I think we booked it for eighty nine bucks. Wow. 
a night plus a thirty dollars uh, resort fee. Yeah, oh, that's so nice. You're staying at a at a at a nice place like that, and you get all that. And then the uh, the wristbands for the 4D movies, six 4D. They have six movies, and you can watch as many movies as you want the entire stay. So it's not even like for the day; it's the whole time you're there. Yeah, fifteen ninety nine for the wristband. That's awesome, and it's not far from Universal Orlando, right? It's like it's oh no no close. no, not at all. It's in yeah. Winter Haven, so it's right down the road. I mean, if you're it's it's a hotel that, and they have a shuttle that takes you all up to the parks and everything like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. I didn't understand. I was like, why would you go to a ho- I don't know. If I'm going to a hotel, I'm either going to stay on property for the convenience, and if I'm not staying on property, I'm staying at the cheapest one I can find. <laughs> yeah, There's exactly. no reason to spend the extra money for a hotel like this that has the stuff in it yeah. just to get in the morning and leave. I know, exactly. Yeah, why would you do that? You you did, I think, what is perfect for that hotel, like make that the experience. Like you're going right. there and for again, that. Again, just like a theme park or something like that, I didn't. we didn't need to stay more than a day. We did everything that place had to offer in one day. It was awesome, yeah. and then we left. Good deal. That's a good spring break. And then the rest of the trip, it wasn't as you know as exciting for for everybody listening. We went to <laughs> we went to Miami Beach. That was kind of fun. It was really cool to see South Beach. Oh, I had yeah. never seen South Beach before, and so we actually did like Ocean Drive <laughs> on a Friday night. Uh oh! Oh, with the kids in the it, car and everything. That was hilarious. See, their music has the F word in it. <laughs> <laughs> like the clubs were just blasting the music as they have they open up onto Ocean Drive. Uh, we did an airboat tour in the Everglades, Ooh. and so we got to see alligators. That was pretty cool. That's cool. And then one day we made the long drive uh, down to Key West. And so that was fun just to go down there. We had never done that before um, and, and see the, the farthest south point in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a dumb tourist thing to do, but we I, did it. I remember like the big touristy thing to do down there at, at Key West was uh, to watch the sunset. And then everyone applauds when the sun finally goes down, you know, below the ocean. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it is. I don't yes. know if you saw that, but yeah, that was that was a big thing. And everybody's out there getting just blasted. You know, like one drink after another. But yeah, I think everybody needs to go and visit Key West at some point in their life. It's, it's I think a, it's I think it's one of those things. I mean, I, I, it's not like a Mount Rushmore kind of a thing because it's not like a monument, but yeah. it is one of those dumb touristy things that you kind of feel like you have to do at some point. You yeah. know, it's like going to see Niagara Falls. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, and it is. It is. So we did it. We checked it off our list. It was a, it was a long, tough drive from Miami and, and to go from Miami and back in one day Ooh. with three little kids in a in a van <laughs> <laughs> just to drive down there and not actually do anything when you get there. Yeah, I mean, because it wasn't like we were going to some destination. We were just kind of driving down there, getting an ice cream cone and turning around. <laughs> kids are like, Dad. <laughs> Like, this is stupid. What are we doing? <laughs> like, go- we want to go to Key West. You're like, why? Let's go back to the hotel. Right? We want to go back to the hotel. <laughs> it was a fun spring break. It yeah. was good. So that's, that's my spring break. Trying to kick things off with, with having a lot of fun. And yeah, I'll, I'll put some Double Dare pictures up on, the, uh, up on the Facebook. It was pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. Part of, well, it's not really spring break for me, but I actually have to go uh, to a work thing out in Las Vegas in a couple weeks. And uh-huh. guess what they announced today, EB? You're going to love this. Every, mm-hmm. every At the end of this event, they always have a staff party, a big uh, work event. And in past years, it's been like at Margaritaville. Last year, it was at uh, like the Kiss Mini Golf that they have there. <laughs> One year, it was at like a place where they did bull riding. But this year, you should have seen the smile on my face when they announced that our staff party is going to be at the Adventure Dome 
at Circus Circus. <laughs> really? Yes. And they said, you're going to get a, a wristband for unlimited rides and free food, and you're just going to have the run of the place. So everyone, you know, there's some people who are like, oh, man, I don't want to go to a theme park. The adventure, but, you're yeah. like, oh, the adventure dome. Like, I don't want to go to Circus like, Circus. But crappy I- Circus Circus, <laughs> one of the crappiest yeah. casinos. But I'm like, seriously, I get to ride El Loco as many times as I want with that wristband? That's what I'm going to go do. Oh, you're going to be geeking out on a whole new level. I bet you're going to have – so you're going to start your night as like a big star with your coworkers there at, at this convention. You're going to be like, everybody, let's go with Mike. He does that dumb podcast about roller coasters. He's going to be the best one to hang out with. Like half an hour later, they're going to be like, Mike, we cannot hang out with you anymore. Yeah, we're, we're done. talking about roller coasters too much. I want to tell you about the lift hill on El Loco. You're going to love it. Yeah, so I, I, it's going to be fun. But I had, to, I had a big laugh today that finally that a staff party is going to be at a good place where I can at least have a little bit. And see, now you don't have to take that quote-unquote long lunch (laughs) to sneak out to the Adventure Dome during this convention. You can actually go legitimately. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, how am I going to sneak away from my job and go ride El Loco? You know, right. Point, so now, yeah. Now I don't or have to. Canyon Blaster. I know you're actually going for Canyon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I gotta go ride that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited because last week on last week's show we heard the uh, yeah, the trip report from El Loco. Everybody excited about that. Some it's new a ones. good ride. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. So I will uh, do a little recording. Um, I, I'll even ask if they'll, they'll let me take my recorder on the ride. I'll I'll give you in a the little, Echo Dome. Yeah, in the Echo Dome there. But I'll I'll see if I can actually wear the mic and um and ride that thing. Especially if we've got the whole run of the place. Maybe you guys are buying care. out the place. I think yeah. you can do whatever you want. I think so because I'll say, look, if I'm the only one riding a loco, let me take the mic on, and we'll see what they do. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, that'll so, be a lot of fun. So we'll get a, get a little on-ride audio there for everybody. Yay. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, we're going to take a break in just a second. But before we do, let's hear a live trip report from Anaheim, California. Hey, Mike and Amy. It's Mike calling again from California. He's calling in with a trip report from the uh, past shoulder preview of Big Thunder Mountain down at Disneyland. I've got to say the last uh, show seen up the final list and the videos on YouTube do not do it justice. Disneyland has done it again. Um, loud everybody. Nothing but applause as everybody got off the ride. Um, a few other little minor changes to the ride. Great job there too. Um, new tracking made it smooth as ever. So uh, Big Thunder Mountain is back to its glory days. Um, keep up the good work guys. All right. Thank you very much, Mike from California. Uh, A good review, a good first review from Big Thunder Mountain. Everybody liking the new, especially the new ending, I guess. Worth the wait, I guess, is is, is the key thing here yeah. because I know it took a long time for them to do this stuff and people were like, what are they doing in there? So if, if it takes 14 months to do this and people still are happy with it, then that's a good thing. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about this because that is – 14 months is a long time for like – That a is head. a really long time. Yeah. I mean they they build roller coasters in less than 14 months. Come on. Exactly. They build them in four. It exactly. takes you 14 months just to retrack and, and update some effects. Yeah, I was really surprised that it took that long. But I guess it's a good thing. Because did you ever remember that show that was on like Discovery Channel? Like what would happen if all the humans left the world all of a sudden? Yes. And what would happen yes. to like all the after humans? Wasn't that yes. what it was called? Or yes. after people? That's right. And they showed like here's what happens to the Eiffel Tower if nothing if nobody fixes right. And they it. would say like after one week, after a month, after yes. ten years, and then they'd be like, and then finally the rust <laughs> takes it down, <laughs> exactly. and then like the dam explodes and the towers fall and the whole thing. It, that was a fascinating show. I love that. That's thing. a fun show. That was really cool. But I was thinking the same thing about like theme park rides, like if if the rides don't go down for at least a couple months, 
for rehab and refixing. That's what's going to happen to them, too. They're just going to crumble. Well, and Disney, that's Disney's thing is they don't like to have crumbly rides. They don't like them to show their wear and tear. And so when you have a ride and it's like, okay, we can either, you know, poke at this thing every once in a while and and keep it fixed up. Or, you know what, let's just shut this thing down. We're basically going to rebuild it. Yeah. And then we're going to have a brand new ride that's going to last another what, how old is that thing? 35 years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they won't have to do that again for another 35 or something. You yeah. Know? So that's the only excuse I think that you could – or the only pass you can give them for having it take that long. Well, and, and if the reviews – if people are liking it, you know, then it's good. It's a yeah. good thing. If people were like – it did not – they did not need to do this for 14 months. But they're not. People like it. People yeah, I mean people like that new like explosion finale. But a lot of the other reviews I'm hearing are people who are saying, well, it's it's absolutely not different except for that ending. Like there are a few little things. You see some you know areas spruced up a little bit, but mostly it's the same old ride. Right. Well, it looks like the same old ride, but they did replace a lot of it. And that's, I think, that Disney magic again is it does look like the same old ride. And that's the magic of of the renovations that they did. Right. Yeah. So I'd love to get out there and check it out again. See, and I want to see that finale again because that looks. See for yourself. Looks cool. It looks cool. Uh, Hey, why don't we take a little bit of a break? Because standing by is Brandon Bruce from Six Flags Great America. He's going to tell us about everything happening at the park in 2014, including. Their new world record-breaking roller coaster, Goliath. I'm excited to talk to him, Mibia. We've got some good questions for him. Another Goliath. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about the name and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's coming up next here at CoasterRadio.com. This is CoasterRadio.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Tom, and I'm a CoasterRadio.com listener just like you. I've been listening since 2005, and whenever there's a chance to interact with the show or help Mike and EB out, I always jump at it. And that's why I do all my Amazon.com shopping by starting at CoasterRadio.com. You see, all right, there's this link there that takes you to Amazon's site. And you just shop like normal, you know, get whatever you're getting, and then whatever you spend... CoasterRadio.com just gets a small percentage of it. I, you don't see anything different at all, and uh, Mike and EB reap the benefits, and they turn around and give it to us as prizes and trips and show content and stuff like that. I mean, it's a win-win situation for all of us. So whenever you're about to shop at Amazon.com, remember to go to CoasterRadio.com first, click on that button there, and then you'll help everybody out. And as a true CoasterRadio.com listener, I'll end this message with, love the show. Bye. Welcome back to CoasterRadio.com. We're really excited to welcome back an old friend of the show. He's the communications specialist for Six Flags Great America, Brandon Bruce. How's it going, Brandon? I'm going great. How are you? Oh, doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. And a busy time for you. I mean, gosh, you must you must be going crazy getting ready with the big opening of Goliath coming up pretty soon. Yes, we are having one of our biggest winters ever here at the park, and we are building one of the biggest coasters we've ever introduced, the uh, world's tallest, steepest, and fastest wooden roller coaster. I bet there has been, like, more press attention than normal, you know, than a normal off-season or something. I'm sure you're fielding tons of calls, not only from, like, people like us, but uh, media all over the world, too. It's incredible. This is uh, one of the biggest coast traditions, as you know, in the United States this year. And uh, the local community is really excited. You know, Chicago hasn't had a roller coaster of this magnitude 
uh, probably since Raging Bull was introduced. So it's definitely an exciting time for the uh, Chicago-Milwaukee area. Yeah. Tell us what it's like because, I mean, everybody who's listening to our show has probably just seen construction photos and you know, and it's always hard to kind of gauge what it's looking like unless you're actually there on site. So tell us what 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 are you seeing? What are you seeing when you walk out into the construction area? So um, if you know anyone's familiar with the area, we used to have a ride there called uh, Iron Wolf. And uh, if you're familiar with that ride, it's a relatively tight footprint. So um, you know, when the Rocky Mountain construction folks came in and uh, saw this space, they you know definitely had a challenge ahead of themselves, but, you know, they presented a great design to the park, and um, what you see right now is uh, essentially, you know, a roller coaster that is um, probably about 70% done structural-wise. They've got two crews working out there six days a week, and uh, even though we've had one of the harshest winters ever, uh, those guys are working real hard. We're uh, really excited to have a crew from Idaho and not a Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're at least used to that sort of thing. Anybody from Orlando, Absolutely. they would uh, they would chicken out after the first couple inches of snow. Yeah, no, we've had uh, you know some days negative twenty degrees. We've even had negative forty degrees with wind chill, oh. and uh, there's not a lot that has been stopping these guys. So it's been incredible to uh, see these guys work during the winter. And that's always something that, you know, we it's hard for us to think about sometimes. Like, you know, we show up on a nice spring day or in the summer, and here's this new roller coaster sitting there. But we don't ever think about the guys who are out there during the harsh winter months, you know, putting this up beam by beam. It's incredible. Yeah, no, there's a park's definitely a different animal during the winter. There's mounds of snow everywhere, uh, but a lot of activity, not only at Goliath, but the, the rest of the park, getting ready for the spring. Oh, I'm sure. You know, one of the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago on our show about Goliath was sort of a design change that you guys unveiled uh, not too long ago. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and then I've got a, a couple specific questions about it. Yeah, yeah, just a few weeks ago, we introduced some new artwork, uh, um, what we're calling a final design, and you'll notice it's got a uh, very different lift. It uh, is a steel superstructure supporting the wooden roller coaster track and uh, some other elements, including the inverted zero-G style. And um, it's actually not so much a design change, uh, but you know when we came out and announced this ride in August, uh, we wanted to introduce it and, and market it as a wooden roller coaster. And the best way we could do that is take the, you know, the ride center line and portray it as uh, a very typical wooden roller coaster with some unique elements that people haven't seen before. And, you know, as two thir- 2013 went along and um, some of those design elements finalized with the engineering team, we realized that in the spring we would be able to have a real exciting announcement and uh give some new artwork to our fans. And uh, that's what we did just a couple of years ago. And the response has been incredible, a whole new wave of excitement for this ride, because it basically takes the, uh, what, we're, what we're calling the world's greatest wooden roller coaster, and it uh, really adds a unique element that you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah, because I think that's the coolest thing about it. We, we haven't seen this look on any type of roller coaster before, you know, especially a wooden one. So I think that's why you're getting all of this great feedback from, especially, you know, roller coaster enthusiasts, but even just people in the general public too. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the, the elements that, you know, were surrounded by a wood structure in the lift, you know, this new art we revealed shows basically a complete non-obstructed element of this ride. And, you know, for example, if you look at the inverted zero G style, 
um, you've got nothing between your head and uh, the, the ground and the rest of that ride. So it, it's really opening up uh, the structure in a unique way. Yeah, that was the part I thought was the, the most genius thing is because it, as it was the other way, you know, it would sort of be a blur of all the wood going by you. But now you've just got a straight drop straight down, uh, you know, nothing else between uh, you and the ground. So I, I love that. I think that's going to be cool. Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about it. Yeah. Now, you sound like somebody who, who would get in on this debate because we've had this here on the show. Where do you stand on the whole, like, kind of steel slash wood debate when it comes to a roller coaster like this? Like, is it an important designation or can a roller coaster be both? What do you think? Where do you stand on that whole thing? Well, you know, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, this type of ride is definitely going through an evolution. And I think as that evolution continues, you know, that's a debate that's always going to exist. But, you know, I will tell you with Goliath, um, if you get up close to that track, it's, um, it's you know, it's stacked wood and it's held together um, the way a traditional wooden roller coaster is held together. Uh, the big difference with Goliath that you'll notice if you get right up to that track is um, that top layer um, that would normally have, you know, steel plates around. It's actually a solid steel tube, um, but nonetheless, the way it's... Uh, basically put together to six stacks of wood with the steel tube on top of it. Wow. So it's, uh, it's definitely a innovative type of track. Uh, this is only the second coaster in the world to have uh, this type of uh, topper track that Rocky Mountain produces. Yeah. We actually got a lot of different questions coming in from different listeners. And, and one of the ones that a lot of people asked is about the name Goliath, because it's kind of a name that gets used in other Six Flags parks across the country. Is there any reason why you guys chose it for this, other than it just being the world's tallest and steepest and kind of deserving of that name? No, you know, we, you know, we actually all sit around in a conference room. We go through lots of different names. Um, and, you know, one of the things we do in that process is we look at names that have been tested and proven. And although, you know, Six Flags is a very national brand, um, for a lot of people, it's a really regional experience. Yeah. So when you're able to, you know, take a name and it has such power, such respect, uh, as really, you know, done well at other Six Flags parks, you know, it, it's great to be able to take those best practices. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I can't think of a better name for this ride. When you look at the you know technology that that is uh you know being used in such innovation here and the the elements uh, you know the tallest deepest and fastest wooden roller coasters Goliath is just you know the perfect name for yeah. the experience. You kind of know what you're getting, you know, like when you go to any park and you see a ride called Goliath, you know that's going to be one worth riding, no matter what. You it know is. it's going to be big. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I like that. That's great. Now, are you guys reusing the old Iron Wolf? queue and station is that part of this as well yes so um yeah if you've noticed on the webcam that station or if you're following us on social media that station uh is intact and um if you take a look at the goliath trains next to the iron wolf trains you'll notice the goliath trains are actually significantly longer mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things we're doing is um, we're actually extending that station to accommodate the train and then we're also widening the station to create a better load experience. Um, you know, some of the issues with Iron Wolf is, if, if you remember, it's a very narrow station. So um, they're extending the station on, on two sides, and um, it's really going to be a brand new station when it's done. By the time the the new facade goes in, the new roof, and uh, 
all of the brand new Q rails are put in. Uh, it, it's going to look brand new. Wow. As far as the Q goes, that's pretty much um, going to be reworked quite significantly. Yeah. Uh, the ride's going to have a brand new portal entrance. If you visit our Facebook page, you can see some of that design work, and it's it's beautiful. It's going to look great. That's great. Are you guys going to do any specific theming for this, or are you guys going to just let the ride kind of speak for itself? No, you know, actually it's got a uh, pretty cool gladiator Roman theme. Um, the entrance to the ride is actually going to be uh, two giant uh, Roman columns, and uh, some of Ooh. them are going to you know, almost be um, you know, crumbling a little bit um, as you walk through the portal. And then the, uh, the queue line is going to have some other elements um, basically following that theme. And then the train, uh, it looks absolutely incredible. We've got some artwork on our um, Facebook page. It's got great detail, um, wooden panels, lots of details, excellent um, design work on the front. It, it's it's really a, a beautiful car. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen just some of those photos. It looks fantastic. So that's going to be great when you know we see those riding around on the rails. That's going to be great. Well, you know, Rocky Mountain Coasters, like a lot of people pretty much think that they are the name in modern coaster construction these days. What do they like to work with? Uh, the, these folks are great. Um, you know, they've worked with Six Flags for many years. Six Flags has, um, you know, really helped them get off the ground in, in you know, a lot of their projects. You know, obviously, um, you know, Texas Giant, the Iron Rattler, and uh, now Goliath. Um, and they're they're great to work with. We work with them very closely, um, obviously with the announcement and, uh, getting some of these art elements that you see on the internet. Uh, they were instrumental in making that happen. And as far as out on the field, um, one unique thing that this ride, this ride construction process has is they actually bring their own crew in, uh, from the factory to construct the ride. So a lot of oh, wow. these folks building Goliath, they worked on some other Rocky mountain, projects and uh because of that you, you have a team of a lot of experience a team that really knows their timeline and uh you know what it takes to get this job done and not to mention just just awesome quality yeah yeah and i'm sure that they've learned so much from each of the installations that they've done you know so they don't repeat you know past mistakes or they they know how to make things better from what they've done before that's that's a great idea no, it's incredible. Every day that I, I walk out in the park, this ride is taller. It has new elements. Uh, new pieces are being installed. New new constructions going up. It, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, because you mentioned before we went on the air that uh, you were actually gone for a few days promoting the ride, and then you came back, and it was like, you know, this whole new thing that they had put up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was out of town uh, in one of our outer markets promoting Goliath, and we came back to the park, or, you know, me and my marketing team, and... It was incredible. This ride had basically where you know where the station is, the one eighty degree zero G roll. It had doubled in height. It was incredible, wow. and uh, that's uh, partly due to the warmer weathers we've been having. It's uh, now a nice forty degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, isn't that funny when we say forty degrees is is getting close to spring? Yeah, we're having similar it, up here in D.C. It too. feels a lot yeah. better than zero degrees, I'll tell you that. That's true, that's true. So you mentioned that the ride is about 70% complete. Are you guys aiming for a certain date that you'd like to see it open by or you know, or a certain time of year? We're shooting for a Memorial Day weekend launch. Great. So it, you know, if all goes well and we continue to have this great weather or you know, at least non, 
uh, snowy, non-windy weather, you know, we're, we're confident we're going to be able to hit that. Yeah. Well, Goliath is the big headliner for 2014, but do you guys have some other things happening there at the park, too, that, you know, people can get excited about? Yeah, you know, we've got a lot going in 2014. Some of the things you might not notice, but uh, but if you're a season pass holder, you'll definitely notice is we've uh, switched to an all-new biometric season pass process. Yeah. And we uh, basically we finished some testing late last year during Fry Fest, and uh, when the park opens its gates in May, uh, people that buy season passes, they're going to be processing in a whole new way. They're not going to have to go to the season pass processing. They'll essentially be able to uh, come to the entrance. We will take a uh, basically a picture of their finger, uh, and it creates this mathematical algorithm that is then able to match points on their finger during all future visits. And uh, they'll have a season pass card similar to years past, uh, however, it won't have a picture. It'll all be associated with uh, a finger scan. So we're really excited about that. Um, we know that, you know, guests like to be out in the park when they're visiting us. They don't necessarily want to be at a season pass processing center taking care of, uh, you know, that type of thing. So we're definitely excited about that. I should also mention, you know, with Goliath, that whole area, the county fair area in front of Goliath, is going to have a uh, brand new look. It's going to have some new retail location, some new uh, snack options, and uh, it's, it's going to be definitely the highlight of the park. It's a nice, refreshed feel. I'm actually really looking forward to making a trip out. I've, I've actually never had a chance to get out to Great America before, so I'm looking forward to heading there this year. So for, like, for somebody like me who's never been there before, what would you say is kind of like a hidden gem of the park? or something that I, I should definitely check out that maybe isn't the headlining attraction, but just some, like, really cool area of the park or cool attraction there? You know, personally, I would recommend seeing some of our shows. Um, you know, if you compare us to some of the Six Flags parks, we're, we're in a pretty unique uh, market. We, we don't have a lot of competition as far as theme parks go, and because of that, uh, we have one of the most unique lineups of attractions. We've got your thrill rides, but we also have a lot to do um, for families and for kids and, uh, you know, those entertainment elements like parades and, uh, our shows are something we take great pride in because it, you know, it's something that our guests expect when they, they come to the park with the entire family. So, you know, definitely checking out those elements is something I recommend for the first time visitor. Yeah, I was actually watching one of the Food Networks. It was either like the Cooking Channel or Food Network and they had a, a show on called Restaurant Impossible which you probably know about because they actually shot it uh, right there at Six Flags Great America. Uh, either, either yes, the, yeah. yes, they certainly did. Yeah, and I was I was loving that because they, they shot a lot of that around the park, and, it, and I love shows like that because it really shows you kind of, you know, what the park looks like, you know, just to, like, the average visitor. And it was fantastic. I was looking around. I turned to my wife, and I said, oh, my gosh, we have to go there. Look at, like, all the great theming, all the great rides there. So, so that there sold me on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I'm not biased or anything, but it's <laughs> definitely one of my favorite Six Flags parks. That's great. Do you get a chance to go around and see the other Six Flags parks just as, as part of your job? Is that ever something that, that you get to do? Every now and then we, we get to, but uh, you know, for the most part, my efforts are concentrated right here at Six Flags Great America. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a fantastic park. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting out there and checking it out because there's nothing like going to a new park for the first time. Just because everything is brand new. Everything's a new experience. So I love it. Oh, no, you, you will have a, a great time. I guarantee it. Well, yeah, so we're going to have to have you on as it gets closer to Memorial Day weekend and Goliath opens. And I know that a bunch of our listeners are going to head out there and, and take a ride on it and call back in. But we'll definitely have to have you back on as it gets closer just so we can uh, get the last second 
last second info about Goliath and everything that's happening there. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe when I uh, get to write it for the first time, I can give a little sneak yeah, preview. Yeah, that would be awesome because, yeah, you'll probably be one of the first. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the perks of the job right there. you got to love that. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show, giving us a sneak peek of what's happening there, kind of wetting our appetites. And like we said, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you as it gets closer to opening day. No problem. We will uh, see you at the park. All right. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Great to have him back on the show, E.B. He's a, a second-time guest here on Costa Radio. It's great. It's fun to talk to him. It's it's fun to talk to him. I, I mean, he represents a corporate park, and he was giving some corporate answers, you know, like with the name and everything. But it's always fun to talk to the guys from the parks to get them to, you know, tell us what they really think. Yeah. You know what's cool about Brandon and talking to him? I mean, he's, you know, works in PR for the park. And unlike other PR people who don't really know a lot about the rides. You know, yes, you, you, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. He does have that going for him. Yes. That he's not like, he is the PR manager at the park, but he wasn't working PR for some restaurant chain six yes. months ago. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, because he... He can, does, he knows his stuff. So yeah. we like that, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, he really does. Like, he, you could tell as he was talking about the roller coaster, like, he actually likes the stuff and understands, right, right, right. Not like know. Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, who never goes I on I just a put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. Islands <laughs> in the stream. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only Dolly Parton song I know. I know. Well, I get Dolly. That's my Dolly impression. It's like, well, I'll just talk like this. <laughs> I don't know. That could be a new character here at the show. Like Dolly bad, Parton. Bad Dolly bad, Parton. Bad Dolly Parton. Yeah. I like that. Well, I think we both got that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to interview Dolly Parton sometime. But I, like, I originally at one part point thought it would be fun to bring her on the show. But I don't think she'd like be able to talk with us about anything except like, oh, my park is great. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> you boys need to just come see our hooting and hollering Opry show. Yeah, that's <laughs> what. No. Yeah, that's all she'd want to talk about. So, so we may have to put that off, or just have you do. <laughs> The Dolly Parton voice. The bad, the bad yeah. Dolly Parton. Bad Dolly Parton. I'll just say something like, well, fellas, I don't know. And then you would say, woo ha Sweet. Sweet. We'll play some banjo in the background. The Smoky Mountains. Yeah. And then we'll all go and watch 9 to 5. What was that movie? Go. Was that her? That was her, 9, nine to, to 5. five. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. Oh, ah, we, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll let us then talk. We'll go to get Dolly Kenny Martin. Rogers chicken. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, that's right. I said islands in the stream. That is what we are. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe, All we'll, right. maybe we'll do a duet sometime. You can do the Dolly part, and I'll do the. Uh, You'll do Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, yeah. Kenny Rogers chicken. We should. We should call. We should call Dollywood and prank. <laughs> Say you're Kenny Rogers. I th- yeah, I don't know which would be funnier: calling Dollywood and saying that you're Dolly Parton, yeah, or calling Dollywood and saying Kenny Rogers that you want to talk to Dolly. Hey, hey, this is Kenny. Oh, is this Dolly? Is this I really wanted to talk to her <laughs> on a warm summer's evening. <laughs> oh, Kenny. <laughs> You got to know when to hold them. <laughs> no when to hold them. No when to walk away. No, no when to run. Yeah, we, that might be something we have to do. Just call the Dollywood. Like. Firecracker Express <laughs> with my girl Dolly Parton. That would be funny if you called 
like one night on the show, we called like the Dollywood information line and at, pretended to be Kenny Rogers and asking for free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring my family. She said she'd count me anytime. I need two tickets to fit in the roller coaster. <laughs> Any I've, got, chicken. I've been eating too much of that fried chicken of mine. <laughs> so I need to, oh my gosh. I need two seats, Dolly. Uh, you weren't hoping that Dollywood would comp your ticket, hopefully, for your trip. <laughs> no, I don't think that's happening. I don't think they will now. <laughs> They're going to be like, no. I was hoping maybe to like interview uh, Pete Owens down there while I was there, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe he won't listen to this episode. We'll keep okay, going. Okay, good. <laughs> Speaking of talking to people from the parks, we talked to Brandon this week from Six Flags Great America. Next week, we're going to talk to Lady Arevalo from Knott's Berry Farm. We're going to find out what's going on at the park this year. And then no, after... Quilty, Lady Arevalo. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. I know I know. that's a cool name that she's got there. So it is a cool, cool name. Yeah, that is great. Uh, and then the week after that, uh, we're going to talk with Tim O'Brien, who works for the Ripley's uh, organization. You know, Rip- Ripley's, believe it or not, all those auditoriums. Yes. Which are fantastic, but he's also an amusement industry expert. Uh, when you see his photo, when we post it on our blog, you're going to know him. It's somebody you're going to be like, I've seen him before. I've seen him on all of these different theme park shows on the Travel Channel. Uh, and he is a fantastic wealth of information. Uh, and we're going to have him on the show and uh, talk about a bunch of things. It should be really cool. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. So three interviews in a row uh, in three weeks here at Coaster Radio. So pretty cool stuff. That's going to be good. Yeah. If you want to find out more about this show, uh, other than what you have just heard on the podcast, you need to head to our website. It's called CoasterRadio.com. We made it easy for you guys to remember the website and to remember the show name. That's right. <laughs> you got to love it. There you will find out all the different ways that you can contact us through email, our voicemail line, and also Twitter and Facebook. It's all there. But the best way to keep in touch with Coaster Radio throughout the week is by downloading our free iPhone app. That's right. The app is awesome. It's got a cute little icon right there, Coaster Radio. It's going to sit right there on your iPad, on your iPhone, whatever it is. And it's great because every episode is right there at your fingertips. But also, the connectivity, the interactivity that we love so much is so much easier with the CoasterRadio.com app. You're absolutely right. I think Dre Bay said it best. Dre Bay from Florida, where you just were, EB. That's that's yes. his uh, home state. He says that he, even if he doesn't need the Coaster Radio app, he is a fan of the show and just wants it on his iPhone. He wants that icon there. And I think that it's that's nice. the best that's the best way to look at it. I love it. That's very good. I like that. So show your love and put it right there. It's like a little badge. Yeah. You put on your, uh, <laughs> right on your phone. Yeah. We never asked NPH if he has the CoasterRadio.com iPhone app on his iPad iPad and iPhone, but I bet you he does. And here he is to tell you why you can't steal this show. CoasterRadio.com is a production of Lift Hill Media, LLC. The show is intended for private use only and may not be redistributed or broadcast without our express written permission. Copyright 2014, all rights reserved. What do you think, EB? Do you think NPH has the Coaster Radio iPhone app on his iPhone? I don't know. I'm sure he does. You should use it to, uh, to, to touch base with us and tell us how his spring break's going. Well, guys, we've got another great show for you coming up next week and the week after that, so we've got a lot of great stuff for you here at the original theme park podcast coasterradio.com i'll see you next week eb summer's right around the corner thanks for listening to the original theme park podcast for coasterradio.com i'm neil patrick harris peace out suckers you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.